Hello and welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast. You went to visit someone, I'm very jealous. I know, did you like the pictures? I did like the pictures a lot, yes. So when are we no, going? No, it wasn't the Bellamy Mansion, it was somewhere better. Where was it? I was at a, um, oh, what would you call it, a dispensary. A dispensary to go and get your cannabis, one of those cannabis dispensaries. No, that's not legal here yet. Oh, sorry. I get my time time slips <laughs> slipping up again. Yeah, that's not legal yet. We can't do that. Um, no, I was at a dispensary that belongs to a clinical herbalist, I know. Okay. And have you got any tells for us? Have you got any formulas that you've stolen? What 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 have you got to uh, to tell us about? Well, I tried some weird shit I'd never tried before. Oh, was it a tea? Did it involve mushrooms again? <laughs> no, no mushrooms. Although she did say she would love a better supplier for Flyer Gary. So, really? Um. I- been i've been getting some of both i don't know if you've noticed yeah so she i was saying that you'd sent some pictures the other day of some really rather large flyer garricks um and she was like oh well if he's ever got some spare they're really hard to get hold of from people knows how many does she well we'll talk after the podcast (laughs) (laughs) but basically so you've got a clinical herbalist who's a friend of yours, yeah. You went to visit their dispensary and such, yeah. Was yeah, it like, was it like going and visiting uh, Mary Berry for our American friends? That's someone that makes cakes, a bit like Betty Crocker, but more evil looking. She looks a little bit like that thing from that Saw film, you know, the one that says, "I want to play a game." <laughs> I always think she looks like that. Um, is it more like going to a kitchen? Was it more like going to a pharmacy? Was it like going to some creepy old witch's house with, you know, Eye of Newton jars and that? What was it like? No, it was proper clinical. It was, you know, a, like going into an old school pharmacy where they still mix oh. up everything themselves. You know, that kind of... Obviously, pharmacists don't do that anymore. You used to go to a dispenser and they used to actually make your cough syrup up for you. Yeah. Um, like that whereas now it's all clinically made in bottles and turns up and all they do is the glorified shop in it really nowadays now Um, i don't i don't know what the listeners would want to know but i know what i want to know so i'll ask you the most important question does she keep her dried herbs in glass jars or are they in plastic um well the pa- the powdered stuff is kind of in plastic. Oh it's yuck. In, it's in those kind of like you know, because of the size that she needs them to be, I guess. Yeah. That she doesn't smash them on the floor when she pulls them down from high places. Um they were kind of in those you know, they get those fancy boxes that you can buy for like pasta and oats and things. Oh they were yeah. kind of in those, kind of proper sealed at the top ones um so yeah but obviously all the all the tinctures they were all in glass obviously good i bet it was was it all labeled as well it's got to be labeled on it legally in that beautifully labeled in latin oh, oh lovely by latin so um this episode today what's this episode today about because uh, i think you you picked the episode and uh there's a story or there's something that's kind of something that you'd like to talk about right and we can't bring too many people into it because we don't want to upset people because upsetting people is not what we're all about apparently <laughs> That's what Fausty is for, Liam. That's what the Fausty Witches Show is for. It, it, it is only designed there to be an outlet for us to upset people and get away with it. Whereas exactly. this is, what is this? Is this going more educational now? I would hate to think that we're educating people. 
I think this is slightly more educational than we would like it to be. But this mm. is supposed to be us just talking shit in general um, about a variety of different topics. And we hope that people can follow it even a little bit. Um, but that's the closest we get to educational in this. So, yeah, so what I kind of wanted to talk about, because this episode is called Witchcraft Diplomas. Um, and what I kind of want to talk about is because we keep dropping hints. I don't know if other people have noticed, but we keep talking about this big top secret project about next year um, and about that we're building, obviously, a brand new website along with an app, etc. Um in order to kind of re renegotiate what we do for and with oh, wait, 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 wait. Is this not the New World Order project? It's not the New World Order project. No, that oh. comes later, Liam. I thought that we weren't supposed to talk about that one. <laughs> Ronald McDonald would be very angry if you slipped that one out. Oh, shit, I've given it away. <laughs> no, this isn't oh, well, at least I didn't mention old Jeff. We're not talking about the golden arches today. Okay, right. What are we talking about? What are we talking about in terms of this this big new thing that's happening, this shaking up of the snow globe we call Earth, I suppose? (laughs) Um, I don't know if we're going to go as far as shaking up the, the snow globe today, but my thought was more about... Um, My friend said something strange to me um, about kind of for lack of a better words qualifications when it comes was this, to was this while you were on the mushroom tea no we weren't on the mushroom tea was she on the mushroom tea when she asked no I'm imagining some sort of Alice in Wonderland moment where you're all having some sort of tea party on the ceiling and one says to the other I don't know whatever is going to come out your mouth next. I won't interrupt. Tell us the story. Um, so yeah, if there was no story. It was more of an observation um, about the fact that she was talking about qualifications and kind of almost right to practice. Um, oh. Kind of had a tone of that underneath. Um and she did at least once uh, basically equate herself to a doctor, which, you know, I'm still a bit iffy with the concept myself. Mm. Uh, you know how I feel about that. Whereas I quite like accepting that we we are something different. Um, and we were talking about, I was talking about my approach to different kind of herbs and I took home a few bits and pieces because um, she's a very generous friend of mine. Um, and I brought a few things home that are quite mundane, really, in the grand scheme of things. Did you steal a pen or something? <laughs> no, they were herbs. Um, but they were herbs that I don't know as well as I feel I should. Oh. So um, one of those was comfrey. Oh, yeah. Because it's one of those really common herbs that's available everywhere and I probably walk past it every day, um, particularly on the farm. Yeah, I don't know it. And I, I find that it's quite, uncom- it's quite uncomfortably with me that I don't know it. Mm. Obviously, it's often known as bone set and has this whole mythology about it being able to heal bones. Um in its kind of early law, but the reality of it isn't that it's not for those things. Um, It is a rebuilder, which kind of, to me, makes sense. Um, And has, it it was interesting. It was interesting to kind of spend some time with it, Um, especially as in a lot of places you can't, um, you can't buy it in that, kind of form because it has a tendency to poison individuals but you know um but it's quite interesting because obviously it's one of those kind of 
oldie worldie everybody knows the name because they spot it in the street kind of thing mm. that I think interesting and I've gone off on a tangent now um what I was trying to say was about comparing different people's experience levels and knowledge levels and actually is there such thing as a um, you know, yes, I'm sure the answer will be yes, because we do this for a reason. But is there a better way for people to absorb the information that we put out there? Um, and what would you, what would a kind of witchcraft diploma look like for you, Liam? What well, for me, as in a witchcraft diploma, I personally would like to take or one that I think we could produce, or the ones that are already out there, or what? And I think we can both agree and not waste time talking about the shitty ones that are out there. Um, I'm sure we've slagged those off enough time. But I'm wondering about what a kind of, if we were going to say foundational magic, mm -hmm. an introduction to foundational magic, beyond the kind of three books of Agrippa, what would that actually look like? So are there specific kinds of things that should be on it? How would you best assess it? I think that's a very strange question because the more I think about it, the more I would need to ask follow-up questions to give a, a good answer. Because it's about... It's about a diploma. So diploma for me seems a little bit across between um, academic and research and practical. So it's those three things combined together, I would say, personally. I don't like these, these diplomas and stuff that you can do just by answering and writing essays and stuff. I think it needs to involve some research yourself where you've got to produce something. Mm -hmm. um, all your own kind of ideas on that and also something related to a practical subject because I don't think I don't imagine you do a diploma they, people do diplomas and stuff in accountancy I'm sure but it just doesn't seem but the point right. is the word diplomas there to basically say this is a course that is standardized right. what we're talking about here is standardized practice so if we were to kind of actually have a a bar that the bar must be met at these points in order for you to have a witchcraft business we kind of oh i kind see of so as a clinician as a witchcraft to offer this offer the services that we offer what would be required as a kind of benchmark to say they must have a diploma in this and they must have a um an associate, an associate membership of this group. Do you know what I mean? Like what those standards that basically say this person is legally operating as a herbalist, for example. They must meet this standard, otherwise don't speak to them. Because obviously for me, you've got to balance out that fact that that might be, and some of the best books written, are written by people that are kind of fourth and fifth generational um, herbalists who have just lived and breathed it their entire life, have then gone and done a degree just to justify their knowledge level. Yeah. So, so when we usher in the New World Order with our friends, right, and establish uh, the International Association of Professional Witches, Readers and Cunning Folk, to get rid of all of these uh, McDonald psychics and such, yeah. which is ironic given McDonald's would be part of our new world order. You know, henchman, Ronald McDonald is quite the henchman. <laughs> um, so when we uh, build this thing and you're saying, okay, to join, you need a qualification, right? A bit of paper, yeah? yeah. And there are several bits of paper that would be classed as acceptable. Okay, like when you went and joined the NICEIC, if you wanted to be an electrician or something like that, there's various different qualifications you can take. There's not just one necessary course, there's a couple of routes to get the membership, right? 
So with this, to be a an actual sanctioned practicing witch or a magical practitioner of some description, there could be a couple of you know points of entry for that. Not too dissimilar from what it takes to join the herbalists, uh, was it the MIM or something like that, a medical herbalist association, because they have official qualifications that they accept, but then they also have uh, associate memberships and then on top of that they say well actually you know we will bestow upon you a membership if we you know you don't might not have the you might not have attended the course but you might have been teaching the course for 50 odd years <laughs> and been around since before the course was a thing so we'll just give you membership you know um i think that the best one i think that the the highest qualification that it would go up to would be called the uh abyss diploma so you get the diploma once you cross over the the abyss i think that is my standard that uh, has been our standard for a while to say well done you've now reached a magical foundation because at that point before that you will have not have reached a magical foundation you'll have worked towards the magical foundation. Now, a magical foundation is no not needed, realistically. Um, and most people are in pursuit of trying to get a foundation in magic. They're trying to understand, find their footing before they've reached solid ground, right? So for that, that's about exploration of magic. And I think that's more of a health and safety issue, not just for the practitioner themselves, but for if we're talking about professional conjure people and witches and stuff, I'm thinking protecting the client as well. So the minimum I would expect would be a diploma in professional witchcraft, we could call it, right? That's what I'd say, you know. Now, am I serious in outlawing the practice of magic or anything like that, like I have in the past? <laughs> thousands of years ago no i don't believe in such things now i mean it was all quite liberal these days um i think that everyone has a you know they can practice at the end of the day i mean it is what it is like we say all the time it's about power at the end of the day can someone stop you from doing it if they can stop you from doing it then you know that's what these people they get so funny with the rights and that you know people having human rights and stuff kind of think well i don't agree with this human rights stuff because there's lots of people and countries and that that are in violation of human rights and nothing really is getting done about it so it's not really a right is it it's basically someone with more power than you taking away freedoms and such which is most unpleasant for the person that is the one that the freedom has been taken away from but at the same time i kind of think this isn't an intrinsic right there's an intrinsic right to gravity at the moment until someone comes along and changes that right Definitely. You see? I don't, anyway i'm sidetracking so yes chris i could i can see the merit in a witchcraft qualification of some description but the only mirror I see is if that qualification means something, whether it means something to the person that decides to take it or whether it means something to general society and such. And unfortunately, in order to make it mean something to general society, we'd have to get rid of this magic isn't real type shit. And that makes us very vulnerable like it did back in the day. All of the extra paperwork and aggro of witch burnings and such i i think we can do without that therefore no i don't think standardization is a thing is a good thing to go through um however i think the real question is or the real question in there somewhere probably is if i want to learn magic how do i go about doing that and be assured that my teacher is teaching me all the things I really should know to get by or need to know to get by. I don't know. Throwing the ball back to you. No, I agree. I, I think actually categorically, I think I disagree with the idea that we should have a standardisation. Um, I think what what's probably the main reason I say that is more the fact that 
we then get into realms of where we're at now, um, in particularly in, in British education. I'm, I think I'm pretty sure the rest of the world is experiencing it too in the Western world anyway, where certain universities have people applying purely on reputation because they know mm. that reputation carries. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, reputation is something to be sought after as a practitioner, but I think individual... Uh, representation and um, individual reputation um, is important, but I kind of think that if they if there was a standardisation, it would be a case of oh okay, well they're only interesting because they come from Opus Gen, um, or those are only interesting because they've come from you know the. <laughs> Blue Wicker or whatever it's called nowadays. Blue Wicker. Right. Here's the thing. So with qualifications like a doctor, if you've got a medical degree or something like that, that means that you can take that piece of paper and go and get a job in hospital and say, look, I am a doctor. Honestly, I've done all that. And they know. In magic, it really doesn't work like that. OK, because the professionalism in magic does not work in the same way that it does with professionalism, because what it works like is you're trading by reputation you're always trading by reputation and the danger with any form of initiation into a, a magical group or organization or some sort of magical diploma or qualification is that the idea is that everyone thinks oh look you've got the blue star wiccan equip a uh, blue star wiccan diploma you've come first in your class that means that you're good at magic because everyone knows that that school of Blue Star Wicker is extremely powerful and such. Now, this is the problem. You're trading on the organization's reputation and organizations, their reputations can go down the shitter really quite quickly um, and often have, you know. It doesn't give... it. it you're trusting the organization to essentially produce and pump out and then stamp the approval of you know on their forehead or on a piece of paper these know these people know what they're talking about we think these people know what they're talking about because we've trained them and it's all about reputation there from the organization you're going about it all wrong i think if you're looking at that from magic you should never be seeking um, some stamp of approval from an organization or other people or your teachers for the simple reason that we have this idea that magic does not exist and therefore there is no standard practice or anything like that. Therefore, all of these diplomas, all of the qualifications, they do not work. They are not worth the paper they're written on, I'm sorry. Um, and that means that you yourself have to build a reputation. You yourself is your reputation, you know, that you trade on, not a piece of paper. So formalized training, I think that the only way to give a Wiccan diploma or a magical practitioner's diploma is to make it extremely ironic and amusing. So we talked about creating the I learned witchcraft from the internet diploma, which you could actually print out in your computer. Now, the problem is we weren't just going to make this a PDF that anyone could just download. We were going to make them learn actual fucking magic. But the point of that is that it's kind of funny at the end. But the point is, is that that means nothing. By the end of that course, you will have learned actual magic and you would not give two shits about some piece of paper that you're getting because you're like, oh, wow, well, I can actually do magic now, right? I don't know. I mean, where do you want to go with this? Would you consider doing a diploma? We've considered trying to create one before, but would our students ever live up to our expectations? Um. It's one of those things we teach in such an individual way mm. that ultimately I think it's nigh impossible to do it other than like we had talked about once upon a time um, was our uh, kind of um, survival of the hexiest mm. some kind of process where basically we create 10 objects 
of different leveling hexes that you have to break yourself out of once you've had that enchanted object. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think you'd have to do something akin to that in terms of going, okay, here are 10 quests that need to be completed. Mm-hmm. Um, here are the objects that caused them. Once you've disenchanted it, we'll pass it on to the next individual, you know, um, that wants to go through the process. I kind of, that's probably the closest I could really come to it. Um, because otherwise you're creating courses for individualized content, aren't you? You're thinking this is a, this is a course in armchair magicianry. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this is a course, this is a course in, you know, and then it suddenly becomes this really specific um, teaching category of which you've created 300 courses in order to provide the 300 different pathways that people might be on. Um, So the reason I kind of wanted to bring that up, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more um, on on after the watershed. And Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson. Okay, I'll remember that. MJ for the forward. Um, (laughs) So the other part was, so which is where I think we're going, but we've never called it this before. So are we kind of actually accepting that what we probably need to create is more kind of like the Library of Alexandria kind of situation of kind of going, here is here is a basis of all the languages that are available in these key craft areas. And then expecting them to take a study room um, and perfect it in the kind of way in which the Lighthouse of Alexandria was part of a university kind of situation where the books were there and so the knowledge was there but you still had to go and add to that story and come back and you were then would have to discuss it with peers in order to actually prove that you knew the things you'd just gone off to look at. Pierce, Pierce Brosman or Pierce Morgan? No, Pierce, double E-R. Yeah. I've never met this Pierce you speak of. <laughs> Do you, you, have you met Pierce? Anyone that you'd consider a peer? <laughs> I'm not talking about us. Am I? I'm thinking no, about you're not. You're talking about actually want to move forward beyond the insta insta witch revival removement. Look, magic the best way of teaching magic is the classic kind of apprentice route where you find someone that you either like or dislike. It doesn't really matter whether you like them in all honesty. I've always preferred and thought that it's best if you like the person that's teaching you in reality personally I know for a fact that doesn't really matter I've learned lots of stuff being the apprentice of people that are complete horrible people that I can't fucking stand but I still learn from them I don't choose to do things the way they do them but I've learned a lot from them um but yeah, I mean, uh, that what we're trying to do essentially is to say, is there a way of learning magic that is not one-to-one being taught by someone else or shadowing someone else? It is self-led paths, I think, is what we're talking about. Um, so I think for the rest of the focus of the podcast, because we're going into extra time now, we're going to have to talk about the self-led path, which is not too dissimilar from, you know, Uh, solitary practitioners but the problem is solitary practitioners are practitioners that just used to you know be antisocial there's a big difference between solitary practitioners and people that I want to learn magic can't currently do much but want to learn but I don't want to get involved with a group I want to learn myself I want to teach myself autodidactic I think they call it people that are able to teach themselves things I'm one of those people I teach myself things um a lot of the time better than teachers seem to be able to teach me but there we go so that's it for this edition we'll talk about michael jackson in a minute
a little overlay now. <laughs> I can't quite understand the relevance of Michael Jackson, so please explain. You want me to discuss the mysteries of Michael Jackson, MJ, to his friends? Um, oh, well, I just kind of want to know why MJ is part of the... Um, I went to say McDonald's psychic said. Do you not and think he's magical? <laughs> I mean, he made the glass that he was wearing just disappear. <laughs> what was the relevance? I've got to justify it now, haven't I? Right, let me make something up quickly. <laughs> right, so magic is a lot like something else that also begins with M. And do you know what that thing is, Mr. Chris? What's that? Music. Oh, okay. Music. Magic is music, and music can be magical. But it can also be scientific. Now, there are many, many, many different flavours of music, genres, and music has evolved through the thousands of years and such. But when we look at music and we ask people what their favourite music is, or what is good music and what is bad music. That's kind of subjective to a certain extent. I think that's similar with magic, because you've got people that come from various different magical backgrounds, or people that practice in different ways and such. You know, it's got the religious lot, like you've got the hallelujah music, right? You've got that kind of tri tribal kind of jungle beats kind of music, right? Which is quite mm -hmm. simple, it just kind of involves a little bit of... Uh, drums and type stuff right and then you've got kind of like the the people that are a little bit stuck up and let's be fair all nerds the acapella lot i was like oh, we don't do instruments we are the instruments you know those sorts of fucking people the energy workers <laughs> <laughs> um music 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 now the difference is is that when i look at um being taught how would you learn music how do you teach yourself music because people start i think with what music they like what resonates with them their genre so if you're cool you like rock don't you if you're if you're like me you know if i'm like i don't know 15 16 year old cool person the chances are I'm probably going to be thinking, I like music, I want to learn music, I'm going to learn the guitar or something like that, right? If you grew up in the church, you know, being molested and such, you'd probably be going to be thinking, you know, I might learn to play the organ so I can join the church band, you know, or, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Your organ. Old, yeah, telling people how to, how to tinkle the ivories. <laughs> <laughs> right, Liam, we're going to show you how to play the organ. <laughs> Have you got an organ? I think so. Well, we're going to be playing with mine today. <laughs> oh, that takes me back. Ooh, need to do some shadow work, Chris. It's all coming back up again. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, it's about, you would think about it with music. Now, I think magic's a lot like that. Like people get drawn towards, well, okay, I'm part of a religion. So let's investigate the magic within this religion, you know, Christianity and all that sort of thing, or, you know, voodoo, you know, that. Whereas you've got to kind of think, well, wait a minute. Thinking of it in terms of music, this person has heard music they like. They have some sort of idol. They're a fan of a band or a musician or something like that. And that musician or those musicians and bands come with a certain style. And it's that style that they're trying to learn. But how did they learn that? You could go to music school. The problem with music school is they probably teach you a little bit of everything. They teach you the foundation, right? And they'll start very mercurially. You know, like we had quite mercurial lessons at school with regards to music. It was all about reading notes and Beethoven and Mozart and Bach, you know. All of that sort of stuff is very what they call root toot toot music, you know. It's, it's very mathematical and it's beautiful and it sounds good. And there's a beauty in the mathematical theory behind it. But then when you compare that to someone that wants a... What is it the road man doing that? Is it the talking stuff or that talking shit, you know? 
I can't think they call it MZ or rapping, talking quick like, they're not going to be able to appreciate Mozart. But the music teacher looks down on those people. They look down on those people that like, you know, Stim Shady and such. Mm. And they say, no, Mozart's where it's at. You know nothing. You're a pleb, right? When in reality, everyone's wrong because music is music. Magic is magic. What flavour are people attracted to? And because we are like superstar DJs slash rock stars, Chris, people look at us. And they think, I like their music, I like their magic, I like their attitude. I like the fact that Chris got in a piss, picked a television up and threw it out of a hotel window. That's cool, you know. Or, you know, <laughs> Liam picked up a baby and dangled it out of a hotel window. <laughs> Michael Jackson, right? And people think about things like that and they think, well, wait a minute. There are magical practitioners, much like there are musicians, that create a genre. So where did Michael Jackson start? He started with the Jackson 5 and that. There's a lot of pressure, lots of uh, daddy issues and such. But, you know, he kind of is in a league of his own, isn't he, Michael Jackson? There's his yeah. own type of genre, his own type of thing. I think that's the same within the magic and the magical community. And what you do, I think you trade on, well, I grew up playing with Michael Jackson. It's like, yeah, but you're not Michael Jackson, though, are you? You might have grown up playing with him. You might have supported him, played in the band, but you're not actually Michael Jackson. What you're doing is you're saying, I'm at a certain level because I played with I done played with him. Like, mm -hmm. right, okay. What we're talking about, which is what we've always wanted to do, is we wanted to create those superstars, those Michael Jacksons. This is why it's so important for the individual's path to see what they are capable of for them to grow and create their own forms of magic rather than copy and paste and shit from troy books hmm. kind of extending on your analogy there are we more likely to be these amazing producers actually we no, are no, not, no 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 we're retired musicians that decided to create our own record label and are now producing because there's the reputation yeah and then you retire and let the next generation come in but you do have a reputation in in yourself you're just old you know we're yesterday's news we are in tomorrow's world <laughs> we certainly are no, I liked uh, I liked that analogy. Hopefully, everybody will enjoy it, um, minus the parts about pedos. But the well, they're uh, thinking about you being Simon Cowell is what they're thinking about now. But Simon Cowell could not sing or dance or do anything. You see, he was just you know signed a contract with the old folk devil. Any fucker can do that if the folk devil decides to show up. If he doesn't, it means you're not worthy. Sorry, might have to go about it the hard way and learn actual magic. Uh, but, you know, if you've got something worthy to trade, I'm sure you could get a record deal or learn a little bit of magic. But we're talking about proper stuff, isn't it? Teaching them how to play the guitar and form a band and such in the garage. And then eventually they play a couple of gigs. See where I'm going with this with professional witchcraft? Play a couple of gigs, get a reputation. People travel around to see them and then eventually stardom they'll have their names written in the stars mm. or for a mundane example they get one of those hollywood stars in it like what actress get on the walk yeah. of fame but you can we want to see our our listeners go from the walk of shame to the walk of fame <laughs> No, wow. That's a fight. <laughs> wow, that is a gimmick and a half. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we've kind of gone there because I, I get it. What I kind of want us to move on to is, is again, kind of talking a bit more about um, what we want to achieve in terms of because we've both said that we although we probably will throw a couple of books out there they're not it's not the driving force behind what we do um, no. you know, the driving force behind what we do is believe it or not this um it's the thing we kind of enjoy the most 
Um, what, the podcast? Which is the talking, um, you know? So um, what's interesting is kind of what we want to do really is rather than create a magical course uh, to end all courses, what we want to create is more a, a trusted sources bank, uh, a resource, shall we say. Uh, I don't want to call it a library. Um, I know I kind of suggested that when I was talking about um, what the Library of Alexandria was supposed, what it was. Um, obviously, it was called a library because it had a lot of books and books were new and special and cool then. Um, whereas now anybody can wipe their arse and produce a book these days. Even um, Fanny Cranach. You know, even our Fanny Cranach. Um, so kind of like for me, I kind of, I, the best word I can come up with is resource in the sense that it needs to be multifaceted um, and reliant on somebody digging. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of why I go for resource. But, you know, maybe we need to be a bit more specific about what we'd like to create. Do you um, care about teaching people? given that you're a teacher, <laughs> do you care about teaching people? Do you have a first to teach people magic or does it come from disgust or what? Because it started to, didn't it? That was <laughs> Thoth was founded on disgust. <laughs> I would have never called it that, but yeah. No. It was though, it was. Let's be fair, it was founded. This, this, everything we've done was founded on our disgust at the magical community that we saw. So, but the, but the dream I had when I was a youngster was not about disgust. No. It was about creating resource. Oh so, yeah, your schools, the eight schools. So, um, you know, so kind of like that kind of part of it i feel like we're getting back at now mm. back towards that kind of actually it's no point <laughs> it's no point trying to teach the masses because the masses are morons um what you want to do is lay out the breadcrumbs for the real people to actually find and yeah. hope they will be able to improve themselves Ooh. But there are breadcrumbs that are out there. That's the problem. That's what all the occultists would argue. But there are breadcrumbs, Chris, out there. You just need to be worthy of the information. I think what you're saying, is what they would say is, Mr. Chris, what you're proposing is that you make it easier. You make that breadcrumb trail easier so that the visually impaired people that cannot see breadcrumbs because they're too small can follow a trail of just bread, sliced bread. That's way easier to see, and in which case are they are the visually in, in, um, visually impaired worthy, Chris? All these occultists would say no. Clearly, maybe that's why they make fun of them all the time when they do that little pyramid triangle eye thing. Do you think they're making fun, or the Illuminati and such? They're making fun of the visually impaired. Is that all the what that eye stuff's about? Yeah, but ultimately, let's face it, most occultists. I really am going to upset somebody here. Um, but, they, you know, most occultists that have got as far as they think they have, um, mm. those kind of people you're referring to, are the sorts of folk who have either bought their way there or kind of fucked their way there. So just because they were willing to, you know, belittle themselves in order to get there doesn't mean that they've earned the right necessarily is what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to do, I think, in my head, is make it an equal opportunity arrangement, which means that if you weren't grown up as the you know, third generation of some made-up tradition, um, that you could still access the same quality of information. Um, you've still got to use it. And I think this is the point that I think that annoys me most about a lot of occultists is that they will try and replicate something that's done before. Mm. Not, not because 
they want to learn something about it, but because they think that's what's supposed to happen, what they're supposed to do. Mm. So I want I want the next Michelangelo um, or the next Beethoven. I don't want um, or the next, you know, Nicki Minaj. I want someone that is truly creative and will that introduce something new. Um, not just, and that's the bit that makes me makes me want to be a teacher. Not so much in this context, m- maybe a little less, less so, um, because there's still an aspect of me that's still disgusted. Um, so you know that there, that kind of waters that down a little bit. Um, at the moment, I'm still at that point where I want proof that this is worth doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want proof that there are people out there who are willing to go where needs to go in order to get to those next levels, um, who aren't just playing at it and like it because it's cool or interesting to them. I do want to see that there are enough out there trying to push that next boundary into the next something. Um, that's not me belittling in any way, shape or form the survivalists and the people that actually just want to be able to get by and survive. Um, because I, I'm not I'm not dissing those. Um, There's no first to be the best, I think, these days. And I think that goes more, it's not just magic. I think since they destroyed Sports Day by removing first, second and third place and just gave everyone a fucking medal, trophy, piece of paper for taking part, I think that the yeah society and that's going on a downer. I think the magical community are just make and you can hear this all the time. It's okay as long as you believe. It's okay as long as you're happy. It's not. It's not. And the reason why it's not is because of what's coming. Because of what's coming, you see. And the problem is, is that most of the magical community are such fuckwits. Or people, let's say, out there that the magical community look up to. Let's say that. You know, the the overachievers and the uh, big-name magical practitioners and stuff, so many of the public ones are fuckwits, complete fuckwits, that, I mean, it is useful in the fact that no one takes them seriously, because if you have really magical people being super public, then people would start taking magic seriously again, which is, again, possibly a bit dangerous. But, I mean, it is just the complete level of of ineptitude. But anyway, let's not go on a rant. Instead, last 10 minutes or so how can someone learn magic without another practitioner so how what does that perfect trail of breadcrumbs do you think look like for your everyday common commoner so uh, now i've got to try and finish this sentence without mentioning agrippa but, well, you just did, so it's too late. Might as well bring him out now. So there is that kind of aspect of you don't need to have read everything that's available, which is what most people will try and do. They'll be like, I'll try and read everything. If I've read everything, then I know everything. And you're just kind of like, you know, reading, understanding and comprehending are all very different um so you know it it takes more than more than that to kind of get what you need to where you need to get bearing in mind we we have practitioners that are on our um our circuit who are self-taught who have never had all those books to read so what i think is important for all of them is to experiment so always to be kind of pushing what's next what's next and i think if you don't have that kind of thirst for that what's next what's next you won't get to those new levels um 
Hmm. Because you've got to want it. And I don't I don't think a lot I think what a lot of people want um is validation. And I don't feel like this is a pathway that provides validation. Mm. Because even if you were to take a hundred straw a straw poll, <laughs> take a hundred practitioners and talk um and talk about ten different subjects. Each one of them will have a different understanding of each of those 10 subjects. Each of them will have a, a different understanding, you know, practical understanding, comprehension of those individual 10 subjects. So you're never going to get validation, particularly when you start practicing higher, higher practice. So once you start to get past the abyss and you're starting to get into that kind of next level, that intermediary practice, you're not going to find a hundred practitioners who have done what you've done. Um, so you, if you don't have that drive, you'll never be able to keep up with the others that are doing it on the basis that they won't be doing what you're doing and they won't have a full understanding of what you're doing. Um, they'll be able to have that conversation with you, perhaps, that says they, you know, can get a, theoretical understanding and a comprehension there by talking to you about it and comparing it to their own experience but they're never going to be able to give validation of going oh yeah that was exactly the same for me because it won't be humans have been given a wonderful gift um it's a very integral part to what it is to be human a wonderful gift that's been bestowed upon them by Saturn is this thing called death, right? Which means that you have to accomplish things in chapters and sequences and such. So what one chapter or one lifetime, you need to accomplish something. And there is an end to that chapter. And the great thing with a lot of the, the beginners anyway, is that they often come with this thing called fear of death. And the thing with fear of death is it's wonderful in that it provides the perfect, normally around about the perfect amount of pressure, which means that they try and actually get going with things. Now, a lot of magical practice in the olden days where the fear of death was removed, well, we were all still in mud huts and such. Things did not progress very quickly back then. And yet, look what progress we've made in the past, what, 100, 200? Let's just go for a thousand years with a nice, uh, you know, let's say asshole area manager in charge, dishing out sanctions for the sin bin. Mm -hmm. Look what progress has been made. <laughs> but no, trail of breadcrumbs. What does that look like in terms of format? Because obviously we got app slash website and such which is kind of better than a book because books don't move until you get to the level of practice where books can start moving, <laughs> which is a shame, isn't it? That's what the beginners, they miss out on all the cool stuff. Yeah. But no, I don't know. I mean, it, we have put a couple of ideas together for what could be a reasonable vehicle for people to progress magically without the need of other people um yeah. without the need to really establish themselves within a group or within a community or anything like that i think the problem is again individuals all are individuals and uh, we have broken things down so simply like really simply i mean fucking now this spell casting triangle shit I mean, how much more simple can you get than that to condense something down to the basics of three fucking component parts? And how many people, despite us talking about that numerous times, in numerous ways, still can't even be bothered to try it or can't fully quite grasp their head around three component parts? So when you're dealing with that and when you're faced that, with that, it's very difficult to teach. And really, it's two categories of the people that are trying and failing or 
just not being bothered to really even try and the people that not being bothered to even try that's the people the lack of scum on the top that you need to get rid of um the people that are putting serious effort in and really are trying but are failing those are the people that deserve the help that's what we set out i think to give that that hand to to help them up um because they're trying to get up without any help but they still require a hand every now and then they require something um and in the age in which we are in it takes a toll i think on you and me with having to do the same thing teach the same things over and over again when we, we you know it would be nicer to teach stuff that's so far out of what's discussed um and ultimately what we want is to be just mentoring mm. so kind of getting past the teaching aspect and getting into the okay how does this look for you as an individual mm. and i think actually the majority of it could be put out there to kind of go okay because i find The biggest, the biggest barrier is one humanity created, um, which is called language. Um, in order to hide, it's very good at allowing people to hide what they want, mm. not to know. Um, but there is that kind of aspect of that, where, which seems to be slowing people down currently. So I find with the overwhelming amount so-called information out there they've got lost in the syntax they've got lost in the words and you're kind of like well i don't need you to know the word i just need you to explain to me what you've just done mm. there so they spend all their energy and time learning vocab yeah now you know as well as i do and any person that is even remotely linguistically minded will know that vocab will, will not get you anywhere it's not until you learn all of the individual tenses and the syntax and the um, blending of those words that allow you to convey messages the words on their own um, don't get you very far are oh, bird bridge um duckling um yeah Point. <laughs> at that point you're just pointing out things and just because you've said those words in an int you know i went to the interview then that sounds awful in a meeting um doesn't mean you understand those words until you use those words in the right context how much do you think you can truly understand a language that you didn't grow up learning because when they teach you language they very often teach you like modern so adults when they buy these cds and put them on in the car showing my age now when they download an mp3 and put it on their iphone and it's learn italian and such and they have to memorize these phrases and such so the difference between that a memorized repeatable phrase versus it being an organic language which you can manipulate and change and come up with slang words and such which you know other people that speak that language still understand it's very strange but uh, if you were to say the best way to learn that it wouldn't be by memorizing vocab would we we'd say go and spend months in france and see how yeah, much absorb yourself in the culture and they're meeting different people like this is why i was really shit at languages at school because you literally sat there there was one teacher there was out of all of the languages we had to learn and we had to learn fucking ridiculous amount of languages because i went to a language college bastards um there was one lady who refused to speak anything other than German. She was one of the German teachers. The other German teachers that were there would get you to recite things and all that. From start to finish, her entire lesson was in German. And you didn't have a fucking clue what she was talking about, right? But you got used to it. That was good. And we learned far more from her just having conversations in general 
and she would point to things when you knew you didn't understand. She'd write it on the board or open these Eureka books and point to it and you'd kind of get the gist. But that fails in comparison to having a conversation or being involved in a group of multiple German people because they all have different tones in their voice. They speak differently. You know, they might come from different places in Germany, but also uh, different attitudes, you know, is very difficult. The same person saying, hello, I've had a really fucking shit day today. What's your been, day been like? They'll use different words and they'll say them differently at different speeds and such. And, you know, anyway, we've got talking on to languages, but I think that's it for this edition of the No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast. Mr. Chris, is there anything else you'd like to say before we go? No. All right. Well, we'll pretend to wave at them, but they won't know because this is an audio recording. So goodbye, everyone.